All right, so we got a question from one of the family members and they think that they're a toxic person. So they're the black sheep of this family and you should be shunned. It's honestly a shame that you come to the Christmas dinners. You should be sitting in a room by yourself eating TV dinners on that day, mate. <sighs> and I know this from your self-diagnosis. It's like the same as me just always Googling, am I autistic? And then it just, I'm not autistic, I'm eccentric. So there's a guy who's just been sitting in a room with thousands of hours of him talking to a camera and laughing at it. Um, all right, well, that's who you're getting your advice from. Good work. Very excellent life choice. Here's what I've got to say about whether or not you're a toxic person. Now, he thinks he's a toxic person because he always has this inclination to be right. And you are right that that is going to really screw up future relationships if you haven't owned one at the moment. Incel! I don't know what your dating history is, but look, the thing is, after a while it starts to erode relationships. If you have that need to be right all the time, believe me, I know. I have an entire career made up of constantly arguing. This has been my whole life. You know when you think about Linkin Park, the guy from Linkin Park killing himself, and you just realise, damn, we're all implicit in that, man. Because essentially what we did was we told that guy, we'll give you millions of dollars if you are constantly throwing a tantrum for the rest of your life. Have you ever listened to the lyrics of that band? I mean, I remember being a 12-year-old and going, yeah, this really relates. My mum is a bitch. And that's what an old thing is. It's, it's, that band should just be called Get Out of My Room. And the reason it should be called Get Out of My Room is because the whole thing is just this non-stop tantrum. And so he mentally lives in that space of just being in this constant just like fuck off man. and in the same way I'm essentially paid to sit there and be like fuck you you're wrong what a piece of shit so you're asking honestly the best person of all time about <laughs> reducing your level of toxicity but here's what I'll say about it I've learned to separate my work from my home and that's something that everybody needs to get to this, this is a common mistake with a lot of lawyers uh, you know, people that work in industry, consultants, a lot of these people, their whole life, not as combative as me, but, uh, you know, people that work for Fox News or something like that, their whole life is just constantly arguing. And as a result of that, when they go home and then their partner goes, hi, honey, I just got some curtains. And they just go, did you get curtains? Was that today? Oh, um, it might've been yesterday. I didn't see it yesterday. Well, what day was it exactly then? Did you get them? Now I'm starting to, there's holes in your story here. That they bring that mentality back home. I've been called up on this by my life partner a lot of times, and obviously I still do it a lot as well. But the thing is, if you're in that constant mode of being combative, you're going to be combative constantly because it'll be your go-to state in life. So if you are one of those people and you're just an amateur arguer, <laughs> phony, but if you are one of those people, and there are a lot of those people that are just argumentative by nature, and they always have this compulsion to be right. But the thing, that, the, the real problem with that is, it's yes, most of the time those people are right. Sometimes they're not. And when they're not, they find it really hard to admit when they are. For instance, I've got a video coming out. I'm right by nuclear, by the way. Fuck you. Challenge me. Debate me, bitch. <laughs> the whole thing, but seriously, I think I I honestly do think, like, I've done even more research and I'm now even more convinced that nuclear energy's fucked. So, it, it, this is just a shout out in general. If you want to come and debate me, we're doing it. Just put DM me. We're doing it. Change my mind on it. But this is the difference, right? When it comes to arguing now, what I've learned over the years is to not actually get attached to it because this is the difference between having an argument 
and just trying to be right. Because at the end of the day, I've learned over the many, many years that I would prefer to be wrong and just write about it and come to the right conclusion than just be fucking, like just live in this haze of being like, I'm right all the time, 100%. You see this constantly with people that are arguing with me on the net. You will just point out fallacy after fallacy in their line of argument or counterfacts that just completely obliterate their argument. And instead of going, oh, I didn't know that, fair enough. And <laughs> just moving on with your life because did you know that you thinking that fossil fuels um, don't raise, you know, the, the, the uh, temperature of the atmosphere. Cool, you could think that, but it doesn't change the facts that it doesn't. And just, it, it's not an indictment on you that you once thought that. Because the whole point is the entire society is just hundreds of billions of dollars are spent on constantly convincing you of shitty ideas. It's called advertising, which I'm imagining a huge component of this audience is in. And let me just use this opportunity with my stock standard moment in these videos to turn off a huge part of my audience. Fuck you. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, I mean that, by the way. Yes, scum! Uh, press like, uh, <laughs> subscribe regardless, and give me questions. But, this all boils down to a question, oh, sorry, sorry, a way of thinking about the world that was best distilled, I think, in A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. He's this little NPC gnome. <laughs> he just looks like an NPC with a little ginger beard just sitting there going, and in a lot of ways he is. He spent an entire life trying to think about as little thoughts as possible. Gotta commend that. And so, what he's learned in his many years is that ego is seen in our culture as somebody who thinks that they're the best at everything. Your Kanye West, your Donald Trumps, that they have a big ego. That's true. Fine. But a more subtle version of ego is being attached to things. And we're not just talking about ideas or concepts of who you are in your own head or um, items and possessions. We're just talking about the fact that you exist. He goes to this really deep level where he starts talking about but what is consciousness? Well, who thought of that thought? Do you know? Mm. So who are you then? <laughs> he just goes into those questions where he's just going, I don't know! I'm freaking out at 25! But they go goes that far into it, but you, you can step back from that. You don't have to go as deep as some people do and just start shaving your head and joining an ashram. You can go back a little bit further than that and still utilize the same point, which is that you are not your ideas. You're not your appearance. What, what actually are you? Like your appearance changes, your ideas I'm hoping change over time. I'm guessing you don't think the same things about the world as you did when you were five. Maybe there is somebody sitting there in a soiled diaper at the time going, no, still think dinosaurs are cool. And you know what? No, actually, I'm, I'm sticking with my five-year-old sense. Dinosaurs are cool. Um, debate me on that. Change my mind. But it's <laughs> so weird that, it, look, again, you, you could be getting this idea from somebody who is nowhere near as contaminated with an entire profession of non-stop being provocative and argumentative on purpose. <laughs> but but uh, I still think that it has had a good use in my life in that it has removed me from those ideas. For instance, I used to think that private health insurance was a waste of money, but you still had to get it because it was better than the hospital system. Then I started realizing that private health insurance 
uh, is subsidized by the, by the government by $9 billion. And if they just put that into the private sector for the same amount of money, they could do twice as good of a job as the private sector. So it's just this huge handout of taxpayer money and I just go, oh yeah, and on top of that, I have to pay money. Now I'm at the conclusion that private health insurance is a complete and utter waste of money. There's no point having it. You know, maybe there might be if you're just this little nub of a human being that's essentially like, I've got more leukemia in my body than organs. Those people maybe, but the vast majority of people aren't that sick. <laughs> they don't need private health insurance. It'd just be better if you just put $50 away for a rainy day. Um, that's where I'm at now. The idea changes. So, just because I was a member of, you know, I'm not going to say which health insurance, probably, it's probably not a bad idea, but no, HCIF. Uh, but, you know, just, just because I was a member of, um, H, I'll just fuck it, HCIF. Just because I was a member of them doesn't mean that I have to be a member tomorrow. You're, you, as a person, are constantly changing. So, the idea that you have to be right, first of all, will you even think what you think in five to ten years? Probably not. You might just go deep further down into the idea that you had, but you're obviously going to make new distinctions and new connections. And you might be right, but you'll probably be even more right in ten years. And maybe, just maybe, you might be wrong in ten years from now. But usually, when you do a lot of research on a subject and you just start reading what experts think, you, that doesn't usually happen, I can tell you from experience. But it does sometimes happen, like with the private health insurance. Kerfuffle. So, I've got a video coming out about that, by the way. But the thing is, that in general, your ideas change. So, being attached to that outcome of just being like, oh, I have to be right. It's a better thing to think about it in the sense that, why do I even think that? The only reason I think that is because I've read a little more into that subject than this person. So that person just smugly deriding you and going like, mm, which is the bane of my existence, by the way. I cannot stand that with people on the net clearly know far less than I do, having done absolutely no research, being like, mm. um, But yeah, I do exactly the same thing. Everyone does the same thing all the time. So it's just, just because you know more about that subject, um, does that mean that you're 100% right on that subject? So you, you, you're moving yourself away from that feeling of just being like this, this attachment to the idea that, oh, I'm right. So ego, to quickly sum up, isn't just the idea of just thinking you're the greatest human being on earth. That is one form of ego. Another form of ego is I'm right. Another form of ego might be I'm depressed. It's that victim mentality, which is why a lot of people just, again, that thing of like, everyone hates FGW Kirklord. And the reason they do is because they've just got an inverted form of that ego, where instead of just constantly pimping themselves out and making themselves bigger and larger than life, which I actually enjoy a lot more, they're sitting there and being like, everyone has to feel sorry for me for the following reasons. But again, it is this attachment to this identity that doesn't actually exist. When you really examine it, can you write down who you are? I don't even recommend that you start. I started doing that years ago for a few months. I started going insane. I had to freak out. I had to stop after a while because I started realizing you know, the, the concepts that I had in my head were just there, which is actually going to be the subject of the next video. So I'm going to stop there. But this idea of a toxic human being, essentially what it is, every single time, whether it's paranoia, narcissism, where it's hypochondriacs, anything like that, any, any, any type of person that you consider like, she's the toxic bitch. When you look at it, what they really are is attached to something solidly. There's no movement in their head. There's no rigidity, uh, sorry, their, 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 their mentality is too rigid. There's no flowiness in it. <laughs> I don't know the, right, the opposite word. Uh, but 
what happens when people start to get... This is why one of the great proverbs in um, the Tao Te Ching is be like water. Which is the idea that, you know, everything is constantly flowing and changing like water does. And even though it looks solid at the time that everything is just going down that river, eventually that river will, if it right circumstances, will turn into a canyon. That river will change directions. Maybe, because of climate change, the river might not even be there. These things change. It's just a nice metaphor to the rest of life, which is just that just because you think something today doesn't mean you necessarily will think it tomorrow. And, furthermore, just because that person thinks something today doesn't mean that they're going to think that tomorrow. And over time, if you are like water, you can erode the rock. <laughs> but again, that, requi that, that requires you not having just like two rocks being like... Kind of requires you just being like, oh, yeah, you think that? Okay, well, that's, that's kind of interesting. But what about this fact? That's a better way of convincing people over time. Now, obviously, I can't talk because, <laughs> look, when it comes to my job, I feel like I have to be a lot more in your face and a lot more argumentative because a lot of my job is a show. Again, I'm not in the I'm not in the business of slowly convincing people over 10 to 15 years. I'm kind of just like, did you know this? Listen to me now. Listen to this. That that's the that's the format of like uh, you know satire. Satire is very so. Obviously, these things change, and it's the same thing with law. There has to be a certain level of ego when it comes to this. But in your day-to-day -day life, do you need to possess that much ego? Now, am I saying that I don't have an ego? Absolutely not. Like, clear. I mean, show business. Of course, you have to have a level of ego. But kind of understanding that concept that ego is about attachment to things. It's about attachment to possessions, ideas, concepts, these, anything. It's attachment to anything. If you have an attachment to anything, you have an ego. That's a better way of thinking about it instead of just like, this person thinks they're good, therefore they have an ego. Everyone does. Even the Dalai Lama, it's just he has a slight, well, you know, a much shrunk version of an ego as opposed to, you know, <laughs> ludicrous. Anyway, all right, I'll see you next week. Give me more questions, like the video.